Hello and welcome to the 250, the podcast where we sit in squalor and wax lyrical about the best James Bond actors. I'm Jonathan and with me as always is my co-host Douglas. How are you, Douglas? I'm doing very well and it pretty much is uh, verbatim what the podcast is, I guess, really. When you when you boil it down to it, this is the that's the perfect summary. That was episode six, episode five point five. <laughs> Fuck us, the about James Bond actors. <laughs> if this is your first time tuning into the 250, we have taken a snapshot of IMDb's top 250 movies of all time as of January 2020, and we've begun watching them from number 250 through to number one. In this podcast, we discuss our opinions, our thoughts, and our reactions to the movies within. Today's movie, number 158, is Train Spotting. Mark Renton is a young man living in Scotland who is cripplingly addicted to heroin. Trying to kick his addiction, Mark is reintroduced into the sober world, and the mundanity of everyday life threatens to drag him back in. Train Spotting was directed by Danny Boyle, who has done a bunch of stuff, uh, including 127 Hours, 28 Days Later, and Slumdog Millionaire. And it was based on a novel by Irvine Welsh, and was adapted to the screen by John Hodge, who also worked on the Train Spotting sequel. As well as Shallow Grave, which is another Danny Boyle film, and The Beach, and you know some other stuff. Not not quite as extensive of a filmography, uh, uh, filmography mm. from John Hodge, but he's I think worked with Danny Boyle a couple of times. It sort of seems. Mm. I've watched this film before. I gather Douglas hasn't. I didn't check before I, I wrote not. the document. Okay, I have not. <laughs> you are correct in your assumptions of me, Jonathan. <laughs> you got it. I'm bewildered I haven't seen it before, by the way. This film seems so straight up my alley. Yeah. Given how much I loved Lahane, this film seems like such a no-brainer for me. Oh, is that your, is that your comparison? That your point it's, of comparison yeah, Lahane? yeah. I mean, two very polarizingly different stories in terms of why they're in the circumstances they're in. Mm. But very similar, like, bottom of the barrel, kids, fellas, scraping around, trying to make ends meet, just- Really kind of like kicking and screaming out into the ether with no real intention or purpose or anything. I love that kind of energy. The, the mund, as we said in the summary description, the, the mundanity of it, like the mundanity is how you say it, Mun- mundanity of life day by day and how these characters explore that is, yeah, uh, so vividly interesting to me. It's, 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 instantly a very engaging concept you're sort of i feel like a lot of people don't really have experience with heroin heroin yeah slums (laughs) and and the sort of people that kind of end up in those situations so just from the beginning you're very kind of like i want to see what's going on i remember getting that feeling in me even though i watched the film before you you kind of jump in and they're like all these people in their own very sort of unique world compared to what I guess we're used to, which is also a theme. I think it's sort of supposed to be the main, perhaps theme. maybe not the main theme, but it's, it's the one that kind of gets harped on about, you know, there's the opening spiel from Ewan McGregor. Choose life, choose. One point, what is it? 1.6 children and 1.2. What's the number now? 1.8 children. What is it in Australia? What are you talking about? The average number of children that a couple of ha- couple has. It's probably dropped. Does he say- What? Is this a thing that no, happens in the film? That. That's one of- oh. No, that's not what he says. But that's what I'm saying. That's the- That's what he's talking about, is like getting a suburban house and a oh, stable job. okay. And- right. Yes, yes. Sorry, you had me so far lost there. It would have been- It would have been great and really like smooth if drugs. I remembered what- <laughs> If I hadn't gotten stuck on what the number was, I would have just been able to plow straight through that and it would have felt really, really been, good. Yeah, and very, unfortunately, that is not what happened. A very astute uh, observation, Jonathan. Well done. It's it's a- I'm, uh, I'm not sure how good it is as a critique. I'm, I'm not even sure if it's trying to be a critique of the kind of mundane, regular world. Maybe a little bit, but- it, it, it definitely doesn't, like, the the results of the actions that happen to these characters throughout the movie don't really stick to that theme. Uh, I think it's more of a look into people who get stuck in shitty situations yeah. through make one or two bad decisions and suddenly you're overdosing and <laughs> chucked in a taxi to be dragged to the ER uh, type thing. Yeah. 
that kind of situation, which which is interesting. I maybe a little voyeuristic as a person who is not in that situation. And I think maybe the film doesn't uh maybe I think the film at least tries to help you to empathize with people who get there. I certainly do. I think I I empathize very heavily with all of these characters and their stories. I think that they're you know, there's a debate to be made about whether they're making their own choices as certain characters in this do. They talk about like I'm an adult. I'm making this choice voluntarily to do this Mm. or whether it's a thing of like, I'm just a victim of my circumstance and the people that I'm hanging out with are like my only friends. And because I'm so far down this fucking rabbit hole, I'm too scared of going out to find other friends and other groups and circles to be around that. I just kind of have to keep on investing my entire lot with this bunch of fuck ups. And I know we're fuck ups. We're, they're so self-aware that they are fuck-ups, but there's this helplessness in it, which I think is, yeah, I really think is a sense of empathy that goes with that for me at the very least of just, I'm like, oh man, like shit's rough. It's a nice theme. It's the characters work with it fairly consistently as well. Mm. And it's also good that it's not the only thing that the film does. You know, you could very easily make a film that is- very miserable and and super like hopeless and i think maybe maybe the film feels a little hopeless but i think there's enough going on outside of that that you surprisingly you don't feel like terrible at the end of it and there's enough dark comedy i think it rings very fargo energy to me in that if this was set in any other culture in any other like even English culture, like really UK, like Snatch-esque, I think maybe it could pull it off. Mm. But there's something about the Scots, man, and just like the language of the Scottish and how they speak and communicate with each other that definitely adds a level of brevity and colour to an otherwise very drab and overwhelmingly oppressive uh, sort of context and the catalyst of a lot of the events that happen. So I think that, yeah, the Scottish... In similar way to how Fargo's, uh, I should just say Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand uh, really does a lot of the, what is it, Michigan nice setting and kind of makes a lot of Fargo more palatable. The Scottish palette here also makes train spotting's more grimmer moments quite more palatable, but it also doesn't pull any punches. Like it's still, the bits that hit still fucking hit. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah, and and we'll jump to them after the yeah, spoilers, absolutely. but there was yeah, a couple yeah. of them that were just really like, Jesus like, fucking fuck Christ, it. all right. Aye. Oi, 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 so. Yeah. Mainly in the third act, though, they reserve a lot of that stuff for the third act, which is nice. Yeah, I think maybe it's almost like the third act is sort of when reality hits a bit harder. Yeah. With a, with a lot of things that happen, and, and which is a, a good way to kind of focus it all, I guess. Mm. It's not that Ewan McGregor is- uh, Renton's ca- Renton is looking at it from a sort of positive perspective, but he sort of like a fun, almost punk way, you know, where the first act or so they're sort of going like, this is what we do. And it's, you know, we know it's not great, but that's what we're doing and it's fun. And then like it, things just get more dire. Yeah. <laughs> and yet I wasn't miserable at the end of it once again, which is amazing. And you remind me. I've got two thoughts here, which I'm kind of bundled together in a nice little package. You mentioned that it's like Fargo. I, I did very much feel like a, a very Cohen Brothers type energy from mm. it. It gave me also- Oh, wait. <laughs> I was about to say it also gave me um, Big Lebowski energy, and then I remembered who made that. But there's also a couple of bits in there that sort of remind me of your Simon Pegg kind of comedy. Yeah. Simon Pegg and um, Edgar Wright mm. flavor of- flavor of comedy mm. in there and the the comedy is something that really got me yeah. on this watch i didn't i didn't really catch it quite as much the first time there's lots of little things there's like fun slapstick there's this very self-aware kind of narrative comedy that comes out constantly from ewan mcgregor, uh, ewan mcgregor. the narration as well is a an interesting choice it makes sense for a for a film that is based on a book. It's definitely narration the movie. Yeah. Which I'm not really that fussed with, I think, because Ewan McGregor's narration is quite good and also the writing is very good. Yeah. It's so It's fun narration. Like I said, it, it's very um it's very self aware yeah. in a lot of the stuff that's going what on. What do you call it when you're writing something as how you would speak it? 
it's there's a word for a descriptive word for when you're writing something and it's it's like how you would speak it like it's just very it's not formal it's very informal and very just like you type or you write how you would say things i don't know what that's uh, called i know i know I know of the word. <laughs> but it's like that. It's the writing is just so real. It's so like, it makes complete sense. All the characters and the way that they speak and their uh, ways that they engage with each other, especially Franco. I fucking love Franco. He is the most tirade. Begbie is the most tirade <laughs> of like just shitstorm. Yeah. And he is sublime to watch he's just this tornado that sucks in everything around him and spits it back out in irate fury robert carlisle yeah he's something else i love that man every time i watch this i always think that robert carlisle is renham from the it crowd <laughs> yes yeah yeah it's renham the 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 dad yes yeah <laughs> just a similar looking guy that's all it is <laughs> i could see i feel like Robert Carlyle would do fine playing him. What if we got um, Robert Carlyle on the podcast, Jonathan? Oh, that, excellent. We'll talk about the IT crowd. <laughs> Just sit there and talk about the IT crowd, not even talk about fucking train yeah. spotting. Yeah, yeah. A, a, he's not in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Denim. Oh, wait. That explains it. His name is Denim Renham. And then <laughs> his son's name. He's Douglas Renham, so I think they call him Denim. No, wait, it's the other way around. Hello. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking it's about, man? It's not the guy. Fuck you. <laughs> this is on brand, Douglas. This is just situation. Can't wait for all podcast. of this to be cut from the fucking end podcast. Oh, no, this isn't This isn't the farm editing. This isn't the final cut. Yeah, I very Coen Brothers. Very Coen Brothers kind of energy. And I, I feel like I almost need to- I don't know, define this flavor of film structure. You know, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's your hot fuzzes, your, your, your Fargo's, your, your, uh, I feel like maybe Snatch is a bit more structured and, and like Snatch always feels like it's these events that are kind of weaving in amongst, whereas this is sort of more, the events are still quite important, but it's more about the characters. So maybe actually maybe Fargo is more like that, where this is maybe closer to Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah. Where you're just kind of catapulting around from one scenario to the next, and you're just like, mm. oh, okay, we're here now. <laughs> yeah. So both good structures. I think those are distinct actually. Now that I think about it, but yeah, the the Fargo snatch type move of here's like eight guys, and in the beginning of the film they will not be related, and and then they'll kind of come together and. It'll sort of you. You have like you'll have the big aha, yeah, yeah, yeah. the eureka moment of snatch is what makes that film. And I think for train spotting, it's more so about storytelling and really kind of letting in interaction. Yeah, yeah, interaction with both other humans and also just straight up drugs. Like I've, I mean, there is there is a moment here. Curse you, Daddy Boyle, where I was like, damn, Smack kind of looks good. <laughs> like, yeah. The, Daddy Boyle really does make Smack look like a fucking sick time for about, like, maybe 30-ish minutes. And then for, like, the rest hour, it's just, uh, it's a shit show. But there was, there was a fleeting moment where I was just like, damn. Fucking. Uh, uh, 250 bonus episode, Douglas and Jonathan try heroin. <laughs> find her i think i know people that could find me heroin oh my god of course you do jonathan that that is no surprise to me hey that's something to talk about what uh key uh time going on in the news right now in australia there's a bill going on in victoria that i i i don't know the full thing on it but it's someone in the victorian parliament who's putting through a bill to decriminalize drugs in a small amount i believe it yep. seems from what i it seems a bit vague at the moment like the full thing behind it but anyway it's from what it's i basically understand, I, well, like just that you are to to not make users criminals basically. yeah yeah and to like dealers dealers are criminals yeah dealers are criminals absolutely but to like declutter the the court system of people who are getting caught with like a very minimal amount of drugs 
mm. and just being like, okay, no, you need help. Fucking, and just it's, like- It's, yeah. Getting them to get some form of assistance and help rather than going like, oh, you nutcase, you're a lost cause. Fucking off into the slammer you go. Which like- It doesn't help. No. It's such a- yeah, yeah, it's such a dismissive way to treat a human. Like, it's- I think either Norway or Denmark basically redirected all their funding that was going into catching people doing drugs and just funneled it into helping people who are addicted to drugs. And it and find like, support and the, yeah. the 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 drug use in the country just like dumped through the fucking floor. <laughs> it just it just plummeted yeah so mm. hey guys yeah no I, I i think that might be the greens anyway not not to get into politics um, yeah mm. but there's <laughs> i'm not sure if that bill's gonna get passed it probably won't because australia is australia but we love reagan here in we australia do- we sure do baby yep there's no other good reason to fucking criminalize weed except that reagan reagan really hated black people and then the, the rest of the world was like well if america's doing it <laughs> anyway Anyway. Sorry, yeah, I just thought that that was a, a nice little, like, I guess, parallel. I guess that links, because, yeah, like, hero- the heroin users are not- Well, they sort of are bad people, but not because they do but heroin. But, no, like, it's- Yeah, like, I'm sure that I- uh, I feel like there is- We shouldn't just be like, oh, you do heroin and therefore you're going to be bad for the rest of your life. Like, I mm. still- I believe that there should be enough room for someone who has- done drugs and is and they do want to better themselves and they want to make a change they just don't fucking know how like it's mm. that's the thing that it with your mcgregor's character where i'm just like god like i have such a level of empathy for him because there's this want a need for him to like become a better person and to mm. sober up but he just doesn't know how and he's constantly bouncing around this circle of friends who are all fucking users so it yeah yeah. Yeah, it's summed up. I love the line where he says, uh, we made the healthy informed decision to get back on heroin. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, I feel like, I feel like we're fucking, uh, it's not really a spoiler that matters. They do heroin in the movie. Um, they do it multiple times, Douglas. Yeah. We, <laughs> I don't, don't know. It felt like a plot, it's like a plot related I element. I literally sure. say in the summary that Mark Renton is addicted to heroin. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's- <laughs> He gets off and gets back on it again. We say that too. Try to kick his addiction. He's reintroduced to the super world. Yeah, and then he gets back on it. Oh. Douglas and Threatens to drag him back. Oh, my God. Douglas, you're ruining the plot for everybody, all right? Slow it down, champ. Oh, I'm ruining the plot, Slow it down, champ, okay? I wrote the summary. I don't know what you're talking about, Douglas. Man, I feel the veins in my my head feel like they're about to pop out. I'm going to have to. Put something in them. This is not really a movie where the the spoilers will really kill your experience with it. It's I an guess. hour and a half movie. Fucking. It is an hour and a half movie. I forgot about that. Yeah. Easy, yeah. Very short. Easy watch. Very very short. Yeah. Really punch that one through. Uh, we'll go into spoiler zone. Whatever. I think we got. I think I've still got plenty of non-spoiler stuff. But I think I think we can give this film a pretty solid recommendation. Yeah. 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 It's a definite recommendation from me. Lahane was one of my favorite movies from the first year of the two five zero. And again, this rings very Lahaney to me and that kind of scamp people a little bit down on their luck because of their given circumstances kind of energy. And I love that. I think it's very interesting to explore those characters and find a level of connection and empathy with them. And it's also just very well made. Like as far as cinematography goes, I was kind of like, fuck yeah, like- this is an independent British film, and Danny Boyle and his team are fucking cracking it. Like, they're doing a very nice job here. So, yeah, tip top. Mamma mia. It's, yeah. You may want subtitles as well, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the, the Scottish accents are sometimes pretty <laughs> Subti- fucking Oh, Begby especially. <laughs> I think it's played for humour. I think it's it intentionally yeah, yeah, played yeah. for humour. It's, it's snatch-level humour, but still. Yeah. Anyway, content warning, there's uh, drug use, obviously. There's um, there's a dead baby in it, um, which is less than optimal. That's really- Oh, that's an awful thing. We'll talk about that after the spoilers. There's a bunch of, like, bloody violence in it. Um, And I think that's about it. It is- It's pretty- It's pretty gnarly. Some nudity, I guess, if that's a problem. Um, It's pretty- It's pretty gnarly kind of, like, subject matter. So, just keep that in mind. But yeah, no, recommend it. Great experience. I think it's, yeah, it's not just a sad, miserable thing. There's so much going on with it and the plot goes in so many directions. It's, it's really, really engaging. It's a great, great experience. Yeah. So, uh, we'll drop in a little spoiler 
horn here, Douglas. Everything past this point is potentially a spoiler. Probably not. Now that we've- That screeching bird outside your window absolutely knows that it's spoiler time. Yeah, he knows. He knows what's going on. I hope that's the recording. No, it absolutely does because it (laughs) happened in one of the other episodes and I was like, oh my God, with that bird, just shut the fuck up. And I tried to like compress it out and see if I could get it to go away, but nope, it stayed there. Couldn't get that bird out of there. The third permanent member of the 250 podcast, the <laughs> bird that lives in the tree out the front of my- he's gone again. <laughs> out the front of your apartment. Should I turn Spook it off? Throw nah. a rock at it or something? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Not at it, in its general direction. Oh my god. It's just living its life, man. Yeah, but I'm trying to record a podcast here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about weird noises, Douglas. God, yeah. Music. This is another oh, uh, compiled soundtrack. soundtrack. 10 out of 10, baby. Wouldn't so have it any other good. way. Ig- Iggy Pop's Lust for Life is a yep. great opener. Nightclubbing. Yep. Born Slippy, the oh, ending Born track Slippy with is- like the really heavy bass track on it is iconic. Yep. There's Deep Blue Day by Brian Eno. And the second that came on, I was like, whoa, why is this so familiar? <laughs> <laughs> And that was also the scene that made me go, this is like Big Lebowski. It's, it feels like he's, I think he's, I think it's when he gets knocked out. I don't think he's like drunk or anything. No, 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 no. It's when he's diving down the toilet. No, no. When, when, when the dude is knocked out or something. You know, when he's got the weird bowling thing oh, and he oh, like goes yes, bowling. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the huge dream sequence thing. That one's a bit more intricate than this one. But that yeah. is- yeah, the film really throws you in the deep end with like, welcome to the weirdness. It's, yeah. uh, here we go. Where the worst toilet f- in Scotland. Yeah, you're 10 minutes in. That, that like overlay, yeah, where it's like the worst and then like the toilet, toilet touch yeah, yeah. That's very rightism, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I guess it is. It's a, it's a rightism. I can't think of anything else that it, it struck me as like a very familiar sort of concept. The post-production blending with the actual mm. production itself and the- Which I think the they do loads of setting bit. Yeah, no, no, no. Which is there's, kind of a shame. There's one bit where they're in the, the club and Tommy is talking to Spud and they have the subtitles there, but the subtitles are very obviously Englishified because they're uh-huh. saying some scottish and then they, like, they translate them to, like, like Tommy says- something incredibly long, but it just says very in the subtitles that they put in there. And I was like, that's good. <laughs> that completely went over my head. <laughs> so Goddamn. good. It's like this really long thing. And then yeah. it's like very. <laughs> very. I'm going to have to watch it again. God damn it. Yeah. And that that was the, I think that scene sort of sums up everything about the movie in like a little five minute package you've got this like overwhelming grossness that i think is so key to a lot of the film yeah there's a bunch of comedy you could smell this film like it's you know how you can smell some films this smells fucking disgusting this film what other films can you smell douglas fargo smells like um smells like maple syrup smells like yeah maple syrup and cold blood Jeez. <laughs> you have a smell like cold, cold blood before. Like cold gentlemen. blood doesn't really smell like anything. Your blood has a smell. You know what? Yeah, blood but not when it's like. frozen. Well, okay, sure. Maybe it How melted a little bit and then it- <laughs> just chuck in, the- <laughs> chuck in the microwave for yeah, a whack second. Yeah, whack the blood in the microwave and then you pull it out and then you. Oh, it smells like Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> like the handmaiden has a very fresh smell. Oh yeah, to it. the handmaiden definitely has yeah. a smell. Yeah, yeah. It smells like s- smells like um. Condoms and and yeah. What? What What are you talking about? (laughs) Condoms in that movie. What are you talking about? It's a very horny movie. It's a very horny movie, but I was thinking about the bits where they're outside. Oh, okay, right, all right. I was thinking we're on two very different wavelengths. Jesus Christ. So it's like you know, uh, you know that smell though of like what condoms smell like. It's that yeah, like it's plasticky, like latex. It's just yeah, latex. Yeah, 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 yeah. It smells awful. I hate that yeah, shit. Yeah, ugh, ugh. They, uh, well, you've really fucking really thrown me off with that comment. Um, I'm sorry. You know, grossness. Yeah, there, there's more stuff going on with that. That dead baby is potentially one of the worst things I've seen in the two five zero. Really. Really fucked you up. 
it, it's not that it fucks me up. It's just like horrible. Oh, I, I'm yeah, trying to think of something that that's like that, just nasty. As far as like just what we conceive as humans, like it's a it's kind of a base instinct of like something so young you just dying you know yeah but also like a de- you know like a you the, you see corpses in movies and generally the films keep them fairly pretty but this is just like it's like eyes are sunken it's yeah. like foaming from the mouth it's like whole color is like pallid yeah and they've also you know the set design has kind of spiced it up and made it look extra grim it's just it's just something else. And it's the kind of thing we are like, okay. I always knew what was going to happen. As soon as they put the baby out there and like that opening shot where they're all like shooting it up and the baby's just kind of like wombling. The baby is so fucking happy, by the way. So whoever was <laughs> distracting the baby behind the camera, like 10 out of 10 job because the baby is always like laughing and like, <laughs> so much fun. Like, <laughs> I was thinking about safety with uh, having a bunch of needles and a baby and running a baby around. kicking around. Yeah. I would assume you'd have to. Put the baby on the set, like, only right when you're about to do the shot and, like, not a second earlier. Yeah. But also, how did they do those- how did they do those shots where they put- actually started injecting stuff? Like, was that a mock arm or, like- Oh, I've got- I've got trivia on that. Don't worry Okay, cool. Cool, um, cool. My guess is coloured saline. But- but there's but there's bits in it. There's- I hate that. Lays down the gambit. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the- there's I actual- hate the bits in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about set dressing and special effects and stuff, I do like there are some special effects that are kind of fun. There's the uh, maybe, yeah, th- things like the when Exorcist he falls, baby, pretty good. When he, yeah, the Exorcist baby, which you can sort of just go like, uh, yeah, that's yeah, a that's robot, a but like whatever. It's it's still pretty good. Even just the bit where he's sort of tripping out and he like goes under the covers and then there's like, I think it's Frankie's in there and then yeah, he sort of like rolls yeah, around yeah. and then like pulls the head up and there's like no one there. There must have been like a bunch of like set shuffling and people moving around. The bit where he lies on the carpet and like sinks into it. Yeah. Yeah. Is must have been some sort of practical camera moving situation, which is just kind of fun. There's, there's little bits like that, but I also really like the clothing, the. Oh, dude, I wrote down, I was like, this fashion is straight Jonathan. I was like, mm. is is 96 junky fashion coming back <laughs> into vogue? Is that what's happening? Like, 96 UK junky fashion is coming into vogue, I think. Because the bit where they go out with Tommy to, like, go out into the wild and everything, I think it's Sick Boy. He's wearing, like, a, a fit, and I was like- that straight up just looks like Jonathan. Like Jonathan would wear that. Like the 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 sunnies, the fucking pinstripe pants, the like the boots. And then I look over at Ewan McGregor, and he's got like the kind of like crop. Like it's a shirt that doesn't really fit him very well. So like you can see his like midriff, and then like he's got the thing tied around his waist and the connies. And I was like, man, this this is all Jonathan, and this is all <laughs> like what people are wearing right now as well. Like it's, you know, you it's, know what my secret is, Douglas. What is it? You know, you know why I'm that. You know why I, why I dress like that. It's because of heroin. It's because I've been doing heroin this wow, whole time. Wow, fantastic! It's um, not a good joke. Not a funny joke. To <laughs> bit, it's a bit serious. A bit too serious. <laughs> I immediate regret. And the thing that really got me is that I don't know if this is maybe just the way I'm sort of viewing it, but it feels like every time someone wears a suit, it's in like a. It, it feels sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that really pulled me in with that is that they're kind of like. This attitude about, yeah, like, quote, unquote, the real world is when he moves to London and they've got that, like, tourist shot, tourist sequence, like, montage of, like, check out London. We got, uh, we got the bridge. We got people playing soccer on the park. Westminster Abbey. We got fun people having a good time at a fountain. And it just, like, kind of bounces back and forth with all these, like, cheery people doing cheery things in- And that is, like, seems like the most scathing- sarcastic thing the in the fucking film London, yeah yeah it, it, it's very it's very wild and I, I guess you maybe no i don't think you can really critique the film that it doesn't always seem to like focus on it that closely but that, that sort of comes and goes that kind of mood the scathing energy mm, i'm listening critique. to um train spotting by primal scream at the moment and fuck me what a banger it kills yeah oof Sorry, I just, uh, I was just, I was like kind of nodding my head along with the like the percussion <laughs> of it. And I was like, what? 
is this fucking track? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's not one where you could have, and I guess that's the answer. This is the kind of film where you absolutely wouldn't have a, you know, a proper score. Yeah, no, it doesn't seem like the film for a proper score, you know? It's definitely no. much more a film that is so vividly just UK. Like It's, like, plugged into, like, the yeah. culture of the whole thing is super important. Yeah. And you can represent that much easier by using music that's, yeah, would be- No, what, mm. what am I talking about? But saying music that's current to the time, and then I realised that, like, of course it is. Like, it wasn't future music. Like, what? <laughs> But like it's the the house, like the I think the the one that really got me was using house in that section where he's at his parents' place and he's recovering, mm. and just having that like house track kind of like thumping away in the background. I was like, they could have very easily done the like fucking sent it really dramatic and made it like completely over the blow overblown over the top and like oh it's so sad and like oh he's trying to recover. But, like, they just have this, like, fucking, like, pumping away in the back. And I was just like, oh, yeah, man. Like, it's it's got that blood boiling kind of, like, I need it. I need that it, craving is, like, mm. seeping away there. And that's, mm. yeah, that's such a more interesting audio take than just taking the easy route and going, like, oh, how sad, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like the thumping bass also every time and- yeah, I, I keep saying, like, this is a personal thing. Sorry. The thumping bass thing almost feels like a like a pounding headache, Douglas. That's mm. and the energy I'm getting. It's, it's, it's like a- we, which works for someone doing a bunch of drugs. <laughs> Certainly does. Is it Born Slippy that's playing when he's coming out of the- like he's at his parents' place, like he's trying to recover? Oh, no, no. Born Slippy's in the final- like the closing That's the section. closing section. Right. I think it I think it starts when he wakes up and and mm. like looks at the bag of money. I don't think it I think it's not Yeah, that sort of makes sense. Mm. That closing scene is <laughs> wild. So so like so fucking brutal with the where he glasses the dude and like it oh. really spit the blood really, out at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, he really like whacks the blood out. That hot oh that whole ending sequence, perfect heist movie ending for me, man. Mm. Like, it's- I, I love it. Everyone gets their comeuppance. Everyone gets their just desserts. It's crystal clean, perfect, nice, neat bow mm. ending for me, which, like, makes me mildly concerned for the fact that Boyle was like, 20 years later, let's come back. Let's do another one. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm kind of out of curiosity now. I want to check out T2 train spotting, but- because I enjoyed this so much. I probably will. And we'll see how that goes. I'm just checking if it rated very well. It rated okay. I think it's just a, like, it's a, eh, whatever. Like, it's here and it's fine. But, like, did we really need it? I think is the general consensus from a lot of people. Yeah. I can't look at Johnny Lee Miller anymore. He's fucking, he's, I've watched all of Elementary and, and I'm sorry, ah, I can't. Ah, Yes. Because him with the blonde hair, he looks he looks closer to fucking Rucker Hauer than anything. Which I think yeah, is, I think it's just a hair thing because yeah. I'm face blind. But <laughs> you know, you look at him on IMDb, you really are face blind. It's pretty fucking bad. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you should see me with real people in the real world, Douglas. <laughs> it's not much better. You're, uh, it's a it's a miracle that you've managed to remember me for this long, Jonathan. Honestly, yes. So thank you. Whatever your name is. <laughs> yes, indeed, Darren. Yes. Now, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> the- I sh- it'd, be, it'd be funny. I wish I'd- I wish I'd had the ability to, like, you know, leave that thing on where you sort of- um, well, the, This is the trick. This is the one I learned. And it's great in the workplace. If you forget someone's name, uh-huh. but they've asked you to do something, you say, how do you spell your name again? And you go, like, oh, I'm writing a note. It's like, how do you spell your name again? Because I have no idea what it is to begin with. <laughs> That's pretty Perfect. smart. If Damn. you're my coworker and you're watching this, you're not one of those people. I <laughs> promise. You're absolutely not. I promise you. <laughs> There's one uh, imagery in this film. Cinematography, like, it's fucking immaculate. It's so simple in what it does. It's just simplistic and perfect. It does so much good stuff in terms of, like, how it frames people. There's the bit where Johnny Lee Miller, I believe. Yeah, Johnny Lee Miller's character, Sick Boy, he's talking about the Bond girls and he's getting in a suit and he's like oh, dressing yeah. himself up. 
perfectly framed how he's doing mm. it. Like, and then Ewan McGregor, uh, Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor's- He kind of was Ewan McGregor. <laughs> His counter shot is also really good. Like, it's just yeah, him, yeah. like, fucking vibing out in the chair while he's cracking on about Bond girls. Uh, th- that shot's amazing. And then the other one that got me was there. It's literally a two second shot and they nothing is said. It's just like edited in in the weirdest spot, but it perfectly makes sense. It's where Lizzie and Tommy have just found out that the sex tape is missing and they're like, fuck, it's at the video shop or whatever. And then there's just a shot that's spliced in of them waiting outside of the video shop. It's closed and they're both standing like really, really far apart from each ah. other. And it's just perfectly framed it's such a like it's a it's literally a blink if you miss and you miss it kind of a shot it was just perfect i was like that is so they don't say anything there's no dialogue that needs to be said there it's just that shot and then it moves on i think it it moves straight on to um renton finding out that diane was not quite the woman that she uh (laughs) was leading him on to be oh that whole thing i was like yeah, that's someone else. Very sticky. Which is the the film is constantly throwing its characters in the shit. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing ever goes right. Which yeah. is which is excellent. Everyone's I, fucking each other over. The the like pure rage you feel for Frankie and Sick Boy when they're like barge into Renton's house and just like living there and like yeah, sold the TV and all that kind of thing. You're just like, oh, fucking murdered these guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, because I feel like. We also all know those people, right? Like, we know those people that would totally, like, hey, I'm going to squat at your house for, like, a couple of days, and you'll be like, okay. Hopefully, and then, like, hopefully you know of them, and you're not, yeah, like, you don't friends know with them. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you are friends with them, perhaps uh, review don't. some decisions. <laughs> but we we know those types of people who, like, they're like, yeah, I'm going to squat on your couch for, like, a couple of days, and then they're still there, you know, and they're still eating your food, and you're like, mm. okay, like, I don't want to be that guy, but, like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 and yet I will be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Despite not wanting to be. Ewan's cock. Uh, Ewan McGregor's penis, Jonathan. Yes, tell Eddie, me about it. Uh, he, the, in the scene where he's with Diane and then he gets kicked out into the hallway, he pulls the condom off of him. But in the scene just before, when he's lying on the bed, we see Ewan McGregor's penis. He doesn't have a condom on. And I genuinely thought he was tearing off his foreskin. Like, I, I had this moment of, like, what? When he, when he pulled the condom off, because it just, I didn't, you don't, the, he, I went back and checked. He's not wearing a condom oh. in that first shot. So then when he goes out of the hallway and he whacks the condom off, I was like, whoa! Uh, yeah, I, I got very scared. You know what the worst part about that observation is, Douglas? What's that? I can't use it as a clip on Instagram. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it would it be perfect through. if I didn't want to keep that thing PG rated. <laughs> it won't go through the Instagram guidelines. Damn it. Oh, you're joking. No, I did not curse, notice that. Curse the metaphor. I can't believe you didn't notice it. I, was- I actually have- I think I've talked about this, how I sort of fucking hate sex scenes in movies. I don't know why they make me feel really uncomfortable. But I just, I just haven't had You're a sex scene. not a voyeur, scene. Jonathan. Well, maybe not, Douglas. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. They just make me feel uncomfortable. They're just mm. odd. And then this film's like, here's four of them back to back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, it, but At least it's in one very, like- It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's, it's not like I'm going to turn the movie sequence. off. It's just kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, like, especially it. when you find out, like- a about Diane's character a little later on, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> mm. Well, it's it's the same thing. It's like with Handmaiden. I, once again, don't super love sex scenes in movies, and that film is a film that makes you feel bad about, about sex scenes exactly. in movies. Exactly, yeah, yeah, So, yeah. it sort you of feel- links back, and I didn't hate it in that one. <laughs> I wonder, did Handmaiden perhaps- leave an effect on you for- Nah. For, for, nah, it's for watching it's sex scenes in films. Oh, that's always been a thing. I don't know. I actually, I actually can't really trace it back to anything. I'm not sure why, but it's just a thing where you're just like, yeah, yeah. I was like, it, it's generally why am like, I do here? we need this? Why am I? Why am I? Why do I have to? Why do my eyes have to absorb this? And I think, I think in this one, it's supposed to be sort of linked to maybe like a a youthful energy, and also but also that of- primal desire. They transition into soberness, yeah, that kind of thing. It's sort yeah. of, it's almost yeah. like the film is sort of segmented up 
No, I he, think about it. Uh, he talks about it in his how like his little narration, and he's like, "There's all mm. this fucking libido and like energy that was." once absorbed by the heroin and now is fucking like working overtime and it's like we gotta pump some of this shit out man because like <laughs> we're getting to a boiling point that yeah i think that the the way it slots into the film is very nicely done mm. yeah he's like i gotta have some sex i gotta do a bunch of poops i gotta yeah i gotta get fucked i gotta shit myself real bad yeah yeah and we've all been there we've all been there we've all been there and on that note douglas I think we've talked about this movie long, uh, for a long period of time. <laughs> I don't know what the link here was no, that I, I was yeah, trying yeah. to- Were you trying to find a segue there or were you just- Oh, Douglas, I think I've already found it. I think you just found it for me. <laughs> <laughs> By saying a segue. Jonathan, would you like me to give you some trivia? Oh, babe, I would like nothing more. Nothing more than some trivia for my dearest Jonathan. Thank you. Kelly McDonald, in her naivete, invited her mother and brother to the set while filming a sex scene with Ewan McGregor. <laughs> oh, no. No! What? <laughs> she was 20 years old at the time. Yeah, by yeah, the way. yeah. I assumed. I assumed. At the time of recording, she was 20. Uh, but. <laughs> Fuck. So, uh, <laughs> hey, guys. Um... Daddy, daddy sitting in the director's chair, like. Looking at like the schedule for the day, and he's like, "Fuck." <laughs> yeah. Like trying to talk to like the fucking assistant director, be like, "Can you like, can you just show them like the sets or something for like twenty minutes?" <laughs> you shuffle them out into <laughs> one of the other stages. Get get him to get him to go talk to the fucking producers or something. I need I need some time. Yep. Uh, Kelly McDonald got the part for when the production crew were handing out flyers across Glasgow for anyone eager to audition. When Danny Boyle first laid eyes on her with a plain hairdo and a corridor surrounded by many glamorous girls, he knew she was the one. He wanted someone unknown, so no one would guess a 19-year-old is playing a schoolgirl. McDonald still has the promotional flyer at home. Oh, I mean, why, why wouldn't, wouldn't you? you? Yeah. Get around it. It's your big old debut. Why wouldn't you? Hmm. Uh, due to the skimpy budget, most scenes had to be shot in just one take. Fuck me. Really? That's a lot of pressure. Fuck. And there aren't really- Yeah, okay, wow. I guess- I, I mean, the real trick with that, because I think generally you, you deal with multiple takes is like, you're like, oh, I'm trying to get that. Trying yeah, to get yeah, that you performance, need that. like, perfect. It's generally- it's not- they're not, like, flubbing their lines over and over again, generally. No, it's no, just- no, no, it's- if you've got good actors, they won't flub their lines. It's normally something that's happening with the camera where, like, it's that uh. you've got to get that X factor with both the performers and the camera. Like, if something's not quite, like, working with how you want the camera to, like, crane or dolly or whatever, if it is one of those kinds of shots, then, yeah, normally they'll ask for another take and they'll be like, yeah, run that again. But, yeah, for me, the the one shot where I was like, fuck, I wonder if they did that in one take or how many times it took to get it. It's the John Menzies shot where they're using the mirror of the building to catch sick boy walking in and then like it pans like back to like catch them walking into the building right that, that yeah, shit that's fucked me up i was like that is damn creative danny boyle used creative methods while directing necessitated by the film's low budget for example in the scene where renton shoots a dog with a bb gun and then it goes crazy and attacks its owner boyle got the dog to freak out simply by positioning himself just outside a camera range and screaming at it Really? Okay. <laughs> Very particular uh, dog, I assume. Like, yeah, yeah. To- we've got the antsiest dog we could find yeah, from the yeah. production team. We, we walked around the streets of Glasgow and we found the most fucking G'd up dog we could possibly find. <laughs> For the close-up shots of Ewan McGregor injecting himself with heroin, a prosthetic arm was constructed by the makeup department, complete with pulsing veins, smack tracks, and small pockets of blood that would appear when the skin was punctured by a hypodermic needle. Yeah, that was my other. You Your can't other like if you're like if you're like all right, Ewan, we got to do, we got to get this needle injecting up, shot. Let's go, Look, babe. It might take five or six <laughs> shots. Okay, so we're just gonna fill you full of brown sailor. <laughs> oh fuck, we got the camera off a little bit. The lighting wasn't on it. We're running yeah, again. yeah, yeah. Can you do Ewan's it again? Run again. Just dab that, dab that hole About in your arm a little bit. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god. Although it looks thoroughly off-putting, the feces in the worst toilet in Scotland scene was actually made from chocolate and smelled quite pleasant. 
I, yeah, <laughs> I assume you'd. The one where he, like, he gets his hand in there and he pulls it up. Yeah. And it, like, gets a little bit on his left hand and you think it's a ring for a second until it changes angle and it's just like a smear. It's a smear, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. But all of the shit in this movie looks very shitty and I'm like, that's- Really tempers you for the rest of the movie. <laughs> good effort, makeup department. There is a lot of feces in this movie, actually. It's a very no, poopy movie, Douglas. I about it. Yeah, there's a lot of shit. Ewan McGregor read books about crack and heroin to prepare for the role. He also went to Glasgow and met people from the Colton Athletic Recovery Group, an organization of recovering heroin addicts. He was taught how to cook up heroin with a spoon using glucose powder, and McGregor considered injecting heroin to better understand the character, but eventually decided against it. <laughs> yeah. It was like, maybe, no, I shouldn't. No, but maybe, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> the needle like, whoa, yeah, whoa. Whoa, oh, yeah. <laughs> Daddy going, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, God. In 2009, Robert Carlyle, who played Begbie, told a BAFTA interviewer that he played Begbie as a closeted gay man whose outbursts of violence were due to his fear of being outed. Irvine Welsh, who wrote the movie source novel, confirmed that he wrote the Begbie of the book to have an ambiguous sexuality and agreed with Carlyle's interpretation of the film's version of the character. Yeah, I think it, I think it totally that, works. Yeah, it completely checks out for me. That doesn't seem like a J.K. Rowling fucking, like, this is what the character is now, because, uh, fuck it! Um, <laughs> it's, that, like, makes sense. That's completely, yeah, embedded into the character and is believable and understandable. Hmm. Good shit. <laughs> Very, I was hoping you would have more to- Add to that, I, but cool, no. great. Uh, various- hey, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whoa, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, hey. You weird dos cunt. Uh, various options were considered to make the film more intelligible for American audiences. Subtitles were ruled out as they would spoil the effect of using them in the disco scene. Instead, the actors re-recorded the first 20 minutes of dialogue, softening their accents to attune American ears to the Scottish dialect. Oh my fucking goodness, man. We must pander to our Western uh, listeners. <sighs> Oof. I, got, I, got a, I got a note on- I No, I can talk about that. We watched- yeah, go for it. I was just hanging out at a friend's place and we're sort of just like fuck assing around. I think we were like, I think we just woken up or something and we just put on like the latest, there's like compilations of like, you know, February 2022 uh, movie trailers. Yeah. And there's like a bunch of like interesting ones from, there's a good one from Norway that looks pretty cool. There's a couple from Norway that look pretty cool. There was a couple from China, one from South Korea. And they're all dubbed, and the dubbing was all like dog shit. And I'm like, this mm. looks like a fun idea. I hope they release it in a subbed format because yeah. this dubbing is horrifically bad, kicking you in the teeth. It's um, so, uh, God, what was it? The the thriller film that's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it, and it's about like a police, like a nine one one operator. Oh um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched the original one. The yep. I think it's Dutch. And then I watched the Jake Gyllenhaal one, and I was just like, "Man, fuck, we got to stop this shit! Like, we got to yeah. stop just going like, uh, I, you know, you don't speak English, I don't understand. So fucking now we got to put it yeah. over. Ah, uh, anyway, I can't read fast enough. Yeah, exactly. I don't read. You want me to go to a cinema and read? <laughs> fuck off. What is this Star Wars? Okay, so uh, a little thing you might not have known about uh, Johnny Lee Miller, Jonathan. Uh, uh-huh. Is he's the lead in? I'm not sure if you remember this film. Came out a year prior to Train Spotting. Little film called Hackers, uh, co-starring oh. Angelina Jolie. He's Johnny Lee Miller is the lead in that. I had no idea. I haven't sat down and watched Hackers, but I know a fair bit about it. It's a fun. I've seen a, more than enough clips of it. Movie. I love. I love Hackers. It's superb. Johnny Lee Miller. Was cast on the strength of his performance in Hackers. Right. He's the only non-Scottish guy in the main cast as well. But he's also- he can do a very good Scottish accent and a very uncanny uh, Sean Connery accent as well. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, the bit where he's got the BB gun and he's doing the Sean uh, Sean Connery accent fucking killed me. Can we take the shot? Can we take the shot? Yes. Uh- to play the skinny heroin addicted Renton, Ewan McGregor lost 26 pounds. It took him only two months to reach Renton's target size, and he achieved this by grilling everything and by drinking wine and gin instead of beer. Oh. 
So you still get an alcohol in here, but yeah, I guess grilling. Oh, I guess grilling instead of frying. Frying, yeah. Mm, Helps you to uh, back things off a bit. But shit, he must have had metabolism like a motherfucker to lose 26 pounds in two months. Must have been drinking a lot of beer. A lot of fried get, food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of people, if you just said, okay, we'll have grilled food instead of fried food and drink liquor instead of beer, like, I feel like a lot of people still wouldn't, like, lose that much that in much, that short yeah. of a- Time span. Mm. It's probably working out- probably, Actually, no, he couldn't have been working out like crazy because he had to be skinny, so- mm. Cardio? I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Filming took place in the height of summer. This was problematic when it came to the night shoots, given it doesn't get dark in Scotland until around 11pm in the summer and the sun's up again by 4.30am. On the plus side, the short nights meant that Danny Boyle and co. could cram an awful lot of filming into one day. The director was usually on set at around 7am and often didn't finish until 8.30pm, which, given the fact they didn't have that long to make the movie, came very in handy indeed. I hadn't thought about that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Scotland must be really fucking far north. Yeah. Yep. I wonder if, like, south of New Zealand have the same problem. Mm. Surely. Mm. you think so, mm. I guess. Mm. The writing on the wall of the Volcano Nightclub is the same as that in the Maloco Bar in A Clockwork Orange. There are also paintings of Robert De Niro and Jodie Foster from Taxi Driver. Oh, okay. Two films that are going to be coming up in the 250. People like those movies, Douglas. I think they do. I, mm. I've heard it just somewhere. One of the reasons why the film proved to be so popular, particularly in its native UK, was its vibrant marketing campaign. It was actively uh. modelled on the way that Pulp Fiction had been pitched to the public. Uh. Pulp Fiction came out two years prior. Yep. So, fucking interesting. Hey, maybe I Good marketing campaign. Those, I should see what those ads look like then, I guess. Hmm. The last scene with Spud getting the money in the locker is almost identical to a scene in Once Upon a Time in America. Even the circumstances behind the scenes are very similar. Interesting. Interesting. We will also get to Once Upon a Time in America in about uh, two years' time. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So you will have have forgotten it by then. (laughs) Yeah, I'd already forgotten it. It's a Sergio Leone uh, film with Robert Mm. De Niro. It's great. For the scene where Renton sinks into the floor after overdosing on heroin, the crew built a platform above a trapdoor and lowered, lowered Ewan McGregor down into it. Yeah, okay. Mm. I feel like that's one where you like get how that works, but it's still very much like, whoa. <laughs> mm. Mm. Kevin McKidd, who plays Tommy, missed the photo shoot for the promos because he was on holiday and is the only lead cast member not to be in any of the promotional pictures or even the video cover. Yeah, I guess he doesn't play that close of a role, but Diane, all that big of a role. It's still- No, I, he's pretty important, though. Like, as far he's as- He's important. He's not on screen heaps. Yeah, as far but as, But then like, again, yeah, Diane is on all the posters, and she's not in that much- she, She's, like, recurs yeah, she's like, through the story, but she's also not in there very much. in Act 2, kind of gets revived a little bit in Act 3, and then that's it. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, but that's really all I got. Um- there, uh, oh, something to note. Ewan Bremner, who plays Spud, had previously played Renton in a stage adaptation of the novel. I didn't realise that there was also a stage adaptation. That would yeah. be pretty that cool. Sounds, that sounds very weird. Mm. That sounds cool. But mm, mm. Interesting in, like, how you would take a story like this and translate it to the stage. But definitely not impossible. My, 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 my issue with Ewan, not issue, but the- the reason I have trouble seeing Ewan Bremner is he plays Inspector Fix in the Jackie Chan, Steve Coogan around the world in 80 days. I think it's Steve Coogan, right? So I think it's- Yeah, Steve Coogan. Oh, Douglas, I remembered a name. Wow, <laughs> Holy fuck. good for you. Good on <laughs> that, you. That movie, it's fun. <laughs> it's maybe not the best movie. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, he's um. There's this great scene where he he smashes. He's like chasing this car that uh, Phileas Fogg has made. Uh huh. And I think he gets hit by it or something. And this like pink goop comes out of it and falls on his head. And he's like, "My brain's leaking." And it's <laughs> every time I see you and it's just my brain's leaking. <laughs> and him freaking out. Oh God! Wow. Well, that's all I got. Oh. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. For that delightful trivia that we've enjoyed so, so richly, Douglas. 
try to pad out the podcast, you fuck. No, I'm not, Douglas. <laughs> I'm, don't tell them. <laughs> I'm, impro- I'm improving, Douglas. If you enjoy <laughs> terrible improv, we do it every fucking day of the uh Every, every week, of week of the year, week we put episodes day. out every week. They come out Tuesday midnight, <laughs> Australian Eastern Standard Time, which comes to Monday afternoons in Europe and Monday mornings in America. Douglas, where can people go for a little fresh, little cute little hub of, of 250-related information? Uh, if you want to know everything 250, you can open up your favorite web browser and type in 250.com, T-W-O-F-I-V-E-O-H.com. You've got a link to our Instagram there, which our username on Instagram is 250pod, T-W-O-F-I-V-E-O-H-P-O-D. If you want to go and give us a follow over there, we do little posts there, little snippets, little teases from the episode that is to come, and then... um uh, whenever Jonathan feels like it, the next three films that we're going to be watching, which you know, I've been Douglas, I've been so on top of it. I, really? I've done, yes, I've been on top of it. Fuck you. Wow, good for you. Cool. All right, I'll get out of my re- fucking face. Yeah, I won't read into you then. This motherfucker. And then we've got a link to the list that we took, uh, the snapshot of the INDB's top two fifty back in January of twenty twenty, uh, which you can go and have a look at if you wanted to try and uh look ahead and see what films we have got coming up because it's unquestionably different from what the 250 looks like now and then we've got a link to actually listen to the podcast so if you were just talking to someone and you just wanted to just give them a spot to listen to the podcast 250.com yeah uh, I alt tabbed out because I'm looking at your darling face, Douglas. Douglas and I both use Letterbox, which is a movie tracking and reviewing website. My account on Letterbox is Upa. That is U U U triple U P A H and Douglas U U U My account is Ienzo Knight. That is I E N Z O K N I G H T. You can look up Ienzo Knight Upa. Or 250 into the Letterboxd search engine and you will find our respective profiles. We do written reviews for all the films that we talk about here on the 250 as well as anything else that we've watched in our spare time. I did, I, uh, Jonathan, I'm not sure if you've listened to the most recent episode. Uh, well, this is the most recent episode yes, now, but last week's I episode. To it. What are you talking about? Did you, I did yeah, an yeah, extended. Yeah, yeah. I review. Did. Sorry on- about the quick uh, uh, exit last week, yeah. by the way, guys. Yeah, well, it wasn't because I padded it out with my own Thank talking. You. So, Thank you, Douglas. Uh, I haven't watched anything since then. So I've been a busy little munchkin working away. But we've um, been no, we haven't been working, Douglas. We've both been playing Elden Ring like it's fucking. I've also yeah been I've been hooked on that sweet heroin that is Elden Ring. The so. sweet sweet heroin. I don't want to go back to the real world, Douglas. Yeah, I just want to yeah. keep playing Elden Ring. I just want to Elden Ring my life away. It's really. better than sex. It's better than sex. Imagine the best orgasm you ever. Wait, no. Uh, we don't imagine the best orgasm <laughs> you've ever had, and then multiply it by a thousand. <laughs> That's Elden Ring. <laughs> that's my that's my gateway phase, by the way. Is that's really good. Con- uh, it's, yeah. So, I've watched anyway. anything. Jonathan, if you watch anything, I assume not. You've just been playing Elden Ring. Great. Yeah, Let's get no, the fuck I out haven't. of here. <laughs> I did. I did. We, you were talking about the trailer being, like, the marketing being really well, really, really mm. well, being mm-hmm. really good. And it reminded me of, fuck me, I'm so smashed. The trailer, the marketing was really good for train spotting, as with Pulp Fiction. I was yes. thinking about the trailer to the new- Jordan Peele film Nope mm, and mm-hmm. and how it's it's a wonderful little thing we it's really I really recommend that going and watching one of those trailer videos because you can see how shit some of the upcoming movies look and some of those trailers just look so soulless they're just like Jonathan was a guy living uh, living the living the the life of his dreams until uh a little, a little bundle of chaos came into his life, and then like a dog smashed through the door, and I'm like, "Whoa!" And it just like cuts through the the like six funny parts of the movie, shoves them yeah. all in the trailer, and it's like, "We promise like, there's more the funny things." Than yeah, this. yeah. And it's it's always got the just like the worst like music, like stupid, just like pop. Anyway, Nope is has quite a good trailer that doesn't really. Let There's too enough much intrigue on. there that you're like, what yeah. the fuck? You start putting like, theories together, but you, yeah, but you're still kind of like, it, it's nothing really concrete. Nothing is concrete in that trailer. Yeah, I haven't been that interested in seeing John Peel's movies before now. They just haven't grabbed Have you me. Seen it looks Get Out or no? Get Out looks too depressing. And Get Out's and- fine. It's not that depressing. 
Us didn't really grab me. I haven't seen Us, but yeah, it Us did didn't conceptually, grab me but it didn't grab me too much. But this one is like I'm really fucking intrigued by this trailer. Yeah. So yeah, I'm assuming what happens is those crappier movies, the trailers get farmed out to some production, you know, trailer production company. Whereas this is probably one that was made by the big man himself. So. Ooh. Maybe I don't know. That's a completely That's a unfounded theory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't researched. Shit. And if it's you like enjoy script. unfounded theories, I will. Uh, <laughs> we'll I'll see you right guys next week. Oh, you know exactly where Same to find time, me, ladies and gentlemen. Same place. Set it on your watch. It's uh, twelve o'clock on a Tuesday. All right. <laughs> All right. Fuck off. See you guys. Weird I love you. Com- Bye. Fuck off. I'll glass you. You wee specky little fuck.